We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Hi, this is Cheryl Broderson in studio. And I am Robin Jones Gunn. We have a guest today that we can't wait for you to hear part two. Part two. And part one, we really dealt with, you know, Elizabeth was... um, she was adopted, but she was abandoned as a baby, put in the foster care system, mm. then adopted, then met her mother. And there was a lot of forgiveness involved. And all this started because she was trying to get her passport. So if you yes. haven't listened to part one, please go back, listen to part one before you listen to yes. part two. No fair reading the end of the chapter <laughs> before you go back and hear the first part, because the first part made the second part all possible. So we want to talk about the second part of your life, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Finch. I yeah. figured I better get your name in there because yes. this is part two with Elizabeth Finch. So Elizabeth, um, you met your mother and she gave you some information, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. was, were you surprised by the information she gave you? Did you have any suspicions or? No, I, I know. I I'd always told my husband because I had no, like, you know, I, I didn't even know anything about my family growing up. And so when I met my husband, I would always tell him, okay, I want to be two things. If I, if I want to be Jewish and Italian. And actually, my mother's Italian and my father's Jewish. And that she told me that. And so amazing. that was so cool to be like, wow, it was like in me somehow. Mm-hmm. That was just, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess the blood speaks to you when you just. You know, it's <laughs> the deeper blood than does you speak, know. yes. <laughs> yeah. And so like every good orphan who um, has a good imagination, you imagine that either, you know, your mother and father are some like wonderful human being that's, you know, probably you know, you're a princess or something, or you get the other imaginative story that you have this great inheritance that somewhat long lost relative Mm -hmm. left you. And actually, um, I do have a great inheritance. And that's what I realized when I discovered that I was Jewish. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, you're a partaker in all the promises and the covenant and all of that. Now, did you have interest in Israel or or? Jewish ethnicity before? I did, because when I was young and I didn't have any concept of uh, my heritage, we were doing like a genealogy study in school. And I was like, I'm not participating because Mm -hmm. I, you know, you just feel sorry for yourself. Mm -hmm. Always feeling sorry for myself. But then um, that year, they also put the book Anne Frank on the desk and said, this is the book we're going to be reading in the class. And I looked at her face and I saw a face that looked like mine. And I... I usually didn't. You know, see. maybe in the yeah. eyes. I and see I, that. Because I, I, yes. I looked a lot like her. I had my uh, my hair that way. Yeah, at and the same age, maybe even. Yeah, I was about connection. 13. Wow. This was in the eighth grade. And I thought, I don't know who I am, but I think it's something that she is. Oh, that's I look like her. Yeah. Yeah. So, but even more than just having an inheritance of like, you know, our great faith and, you know, the Jewish uh, heritage. But I actually realized that I had a um, a right, a legal inheritance to move to Israel and become an Israeli woman. Is that called, that's called Aliyah. Called Aliyah, yes. Aliyah. Um, The reason I know is because I found out through DNA studies that I'm Jewish. Mm -hmm. And so. You're kidding, I didn't know that. Yeah, on my mom's side. Well, I'm feeling left out here with my Irish German roots. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting because when Israel, there was um, somebody who was like, oh, you can make Aliyah. And I said, I'm Messianic. I just thought I'll get this over once. Yes, exactly. And this guy said, I have an association called uh, Jews for um, Jews for uh, Jews. Or something along those lines. Um, it's probably good that I can't remember it exactly, but it's to de-Christianize. 
um, anyone who's yeah. messianic. Yeah. And he said, I bet I could talk you out of this if you gave me 20 minutes. I said, I'll give you 100 years and yeah. you won't talk me out of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Because wow. we you know, know him. We know him. And yeah. that's what they don't realize. It's personal. Yes. It's personal. Yeah. We know our Savior. We know, you know, as Paul said, I know who I have believed yes. in. Mm-hmm. And so that makes a difference. But so you find out you're Jewish. Yeah. You find out you can make Aliyah. Well, but this is exactly like what you just said is that if you're messianic, you cannot make Aliyah. That's right. Because yeah. you can't have ever converted to any other faith and nobody in your family can have ever converted. So um, it's, it's, which seems, you know, that you're denying the blood right, which is just so. It's tragic. It's Honestly, so wrong. It yeah. yeah. Now, how did you find out about this? So, so that you could pursue. So, um, well, it, I'm trying to think about where I should, how, how I, basically, you know, it was 10, it was my 10 year anniversary with my husband. And because we lived in Orange County, we were living right by the beach and living really nicely. And we thought, you know what, it would be so much better than just doing more for ourselves. Like I was reading in the Bible where Jesus said how he would, he separated in Matthew 25, those on his right and those on his left and those who were on his right. He said, you know, I was hungry and you fed me mm-hmm. and I was thirsty and you gave me water. And I was saying like, Lord, I, I don't need any more food. I don't need any more water, but where, where do you mm-hmm. want me to give you? Where are you? And um, so my husband and I talked about it and we're like, let's go and see where we, if we could give somebody some water, or some food mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and just, you know, um, so we decided that for our anniversary, we would save all of our money and go find a church to just give support to. So we were super excited and we started saving all our money and we started writing to different churches and nobody responded, not once. And we were saying like, hey, we want to help you. Do you mm-hmm. need something? And the only church that responded in the entire time that we were putting out these messages was a church, Calvary Chapel in Kiev, Ukraine. And this was back in 2014. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, thanks. You know, I'm not interested. They had they had kind of like this upheaval that had started. And they were the only church that had responded. And so I was kind of disappointed. To be honest, I didn't want to go to Ukraine, the only option that we had. And so um, I was praying and the Lord said, you know, I'm your father. I know the way. So just trust me. And I told my husband, fine, we'll go to Ukraine a little like grudgingly. Mm-hmm. But we, anyway, so we went and we brought the supplies and and um, it wasn't like a big, you know, it was it was exciting. But um, we had met some people while we were there. And one of the um, people that we met said, if you ever want to come back, I have a big house. And I didn't really think much of it. But after we got back, my husband and I started thinking more like, you know, I just we really want to like live by faith more. We really want to, mm. you know, um, serve Jesus wherever he is in the world, wherever he is, we can, you know, wherever he would want us to be. And we thought maybe it'd be fun to, you know, go out for a time and live by faith and find out, you know, what we could do to, to, to serve him in the world. And, but anyway, so while we were praying this, I kept getting this advertisement on my phone that said, live the dream, live in Israel. Do you know the benefits of Aliyah? And so I clicked on it and it, you know, it was like the law of return. And, um, and then of course, if you're a Christian, you don't qualify for this. So I'm like, I don't qualify. Mm -hmm. But at the very bottom, I saw this little tiny clause that said, if you are a, if you're Jewish, not by your mother, but by your father, and there's no, you, you never converted, no one in your family converted. You can prove that, um, 
you're you're Jewish, then you can make Aliyah. You can be Messianic. You can be a Christian and make Aliyah. So I was like, well, that's really interesting because I think that I could actually fit this ridiculous, you know, how Plus, would you, how would little you, a little loophole. And I yeah. thought, I think I could do that. And um, it said, I talked to my husband about it. And I was like, let me just talk to a rabbi. You know, they, they're the people who kind of, they're the guardians of this. And so I went to talk to a rabbi and I said, how, can you explain this to me? And it seems like it's saying here that I could do this because I was adopted and I never was raised in Jewish faith. So I never converted, but my family, they're still Jewish. And, um, mm. and so he said, I'll write you a letter um, to begin the process, but you have to prove to me that you're Jewish. Don't just tell me that you are. And so mm-hmm. I said, well, how do I prove it to you? And he said, well, I need your birth certificate, your father's birth certificate, your grandfather's birth certificate, and proof that he's Jewish and proof that his mother died Jewish. And if we can have that lineage and you can prove it mm-hmm. to me, then I'll write you this letter. So, of course, I went immediately back into feeling sorry for myself because I don't have a birth certificate. Right. And I just, I went to Calvary Chapel Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there and I was just doing the whole, you know, woe is me and and I don't, you know, it's not possible. And it wasn't even about Israel. It was just feeling like there was something I wanted to do and I couldn't. Another thing that I just was yeah. on the outside looking and couldn't do. And um, and that I just get that picture of the big six inch book sitting yes, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. A ward of the state being Yeah, protected. with all those documents. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, and then... Yes, okay. exactly. So I opened up the Bible because we were getting ready to, um, you know, and my eyes fell upon this verse that said, do not say that there are giants in the land. Oh, yeah. Because I'm going to go before you. And I was just reading that. Yeah. Yeah. And here I was saying, like, it's not possible. And mm-hmm. this would be like for mm-hmm. me, you know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. I, I could never do this. Mm-hmm. And I thought for, sometimes when the Bible speaks to you, it's just mm-hmm. it's just like there's this this. It resonates with something not mental, but something deeper. Right. And mm-hmm. so, I thought, well, if that's true, what? Do, how? Do, how will I see that this is true? Um, so I called back the same social worker that I'd called before Did about the really? passport, <laughs> and I said, "Hey, I just want to know what would it take for me to get my birth certificate? You know, I've already now gone through this process, and mm-hmm. she knew that I had met my mother, and that all mm-hmm. had been revealed." And she goes, oh, no, dear, you know, just because, you know, doesn't mean that you, this is a sealed record that these aren't That's crazy. This isn't your yeah. identity. Yep. Um, and so she said, it's not not possible, but you can always write a letter to a judge. And if that, you know, you can just mm-hmm. see. So I wrote the letter to the judge and um, I just said, Lord, if you want to make a way, then mm-hmm. you then this will be how I'll see. So. And it's okay to, you know, to do things like that and just to step out and say, like, is the water going to part? You know, right. knock on the door. Yeah, knock on the door. And so I had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And so I um, submit the letter. And then about six weeks later, I got back a court order from the judge saying that your birth certificate's been released. Mm. And I couldn't believe it. I was so excited, mm. you know, and it was like a healing thing for me. Like, oh, I'm really going to yeah. be my, you know, could have my birth certificate. But there was one problem that I knew was that my birth certificate, all of the names that my records were, um, my last name was being spelled differently than the name of my um, my father's last name. So my last name was Helprin, H-E-L-P-E-R-N, and his last name is H-E-I-L-P-E-R-N. And I thought, mm. well, E-I. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's just one letter mm-hmm. and it was just a mistake. I'm sure that they didn't know how to spell it when the, you know, social workers filled it out. And I didn't, 
think how I was really perplexed as to how we would work through that. I'm like, I, so I just kind of kept it to myself. I didn't really make a big deal about it. And, um, I just kind of went on. So I had this court order and it was sent to vital records. And in the meantime, I was just waiting and getting really excited about what it would, you know, moving to Israel. And so, but it was taking a really long time and I wasn't getting this record. And I went back to the rabbi and I had gotten all those other things. Mm -hmm. My family had provided for me all the other documents, which I couldn't believe it was Mm -hmm. amazing. Um, But they all spelled the name with the I. And anyway, so we talked about it. And we thought, well, you know, Ukraine, the dollar is like really strong and we could have a lot of money if we went to Ukraine and then we could just be there and kind Mm -hmm. of it's close to Israel and we'll help, you know, with anything that they need while we're there. And so we went to Ukraine back to or we we called the same person that we had met the year before and um, her name's Kara and she said, you, we could stay at her house. And so right before we were getting ready to leave, she called me and she said, I'm sorry, but there's been an issue in the church and you know the house isn't going to be available because somebody else needs it. But don't worry, you can stay at my, uh, my neighbor's house. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm not staying at your neighbor's house. I don't know this person. I'm bringing my children. Okay, we're going to have to get in it's a pretty big move. Yeah. Just yeah. Dong. <laughs> we're just going to go stay at your neighbor's house. So that, maybe that's how they do it there. But that's mm-hmm. not as American. We don't go stay at neighbor's houses of friends, you know. And so then she said, um, so I was just kind of disappointed because we're getting ready to leave. And then she said, well, by the way, so why are you coming to Ukraine? And I said, well, really, I'm actually I'm in the process of um, go. I want to make Aliyah. And she goes, well, then you'll like my neighbor because she's the head of all the Jews in Ukraine who make Aliyah to Israel. <laughs> And I, I was of like, of is. course. Yeah. Wow. That was crazy. I couldn't, I was. Talk about an open door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even for me a question at that point. We went and we stayed at the neighbor's house and it was this total, you know, refugee house. And um, we like helped them paint fences and just kind of gave them support. But she said that she would help me. And then we were still waiting for the birth certificate. And finally it came while I was in Ukraine and I opened it up is my mother-in-law had scanned it to me. And there was the name on the birth certificate that said that my father's name wasn't just not spelled with an, uh, or spelled with an I, but it was my brother's name. My brother was only two years older than me and I have DNA mm-hmm. proof. I know my father mm-hmm. is, so it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I was so disappointed. Mm-hmm. I was just devastated because mm-hmm. here's this, I finally get my birth certificate and it's not even correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, saying that my brother is my father. Mm. So I f- went back to feeling sorry for myself, crying and thinking, Lord, why did you mm-hmm. lead me all this way? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to have faith and I just wanted to, um, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to come to Israel. And so after I got through crying about it and really feeling sorry for myself, I just surrendered it and said, you know, if this is what you want, if I, you know, I never go to Israel. And right as I surrendered it, the Lord said, I'm going to make a way. Wow. Keep going. Yeah. I'm going to make a way. And it's yeah. like, but how? It's not possible. Yeah. Clearly, I'm at a dead end. And so um, I called Vital Records and said, okay, so can you have this amended? You guys made a mistake. This isn't correct. It's definitely my father is not my brother. And she said, no, no, that's not your identity. You, that's, you cannot have it amended. You would need to go and have your adoption overturned to return to that identity in order to be able to amend that. Now, I was... I just kept saying, but you, no, there has to be something. 
And um, finally, I got transferred over to um, a supervisor. And she said, call me back tomorrow, and I'll just look into it. So I called her back the next day. And she said, Elizabeth, there's been a miracle. And I, I was like, really? <laughs> what miracle? And she said, well, we didn't tell you, but the reason why there was such a long delay in getting your birth certificate was because we lost it. Oh, and it's a, my it's a goodness. sealed yeah. record. I mean, this yeah. isn't like a losable item, yeah. yes. you know, in Sacramento. And um, she said, but for that reason, we had to make you a new birth certificate to fulfill the court order because it need, yeah. we needed to do that. So she said, but because we, we had to remake it, we're, re- we're willing to remake it. So if you send me your father's birth certificate, <laughs> I'll resend it to you. So in two days, I had a birth certificate that said my father. Yeah, the right name. The right name. And yeah. my name was spelled with the I. Yeah. Well, you said you wanted to grow in faith. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was like. And live by faith, out. right? Yeah. This is yes. part of the life by faith. You know, I think that mm. people don't realize that part of faith is difficulty. That's the fodder. You've got to have a problem yep. uh, to, to have the faith, a place to exercise faith. And boy, mm-hmm. are you exercising faith. Yeah. So now you've got your right birth certificate. I what comes next? have all the documents. Mm-hmm. So the, the refugee house, she puts me on the phone with somebody and he says, come to Israel, bring your paperwork, call me when you get there. So we do. Um, go to meet him at McDonald's. <laughs> and I don't even know who this person is. Yeah. He has with him a woman there. And she doesn't speak any English. So as I'm showing him my documents and I'm proving to him my right to make Aliyah and, and how I think that I'm, I, I, you know, I qualify for the law, he's explaining it to this other woman. And then at the end, he goes, well, you know what? She's going to help you. And I was like, okay. I thought maybe she was a secretary. Mm-hmm, or, you know, mm-hmm. I had no idea who I was talking to. And then I said, but who, who is she? And he said, b- basically, that she was a person who was in the government. Mm. And she was not a believer, but she liked people who had difficult cases to help mm. them. Wow. And so I just went right from the bottom to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even have to stand in line when I wow. went in for the process. Like she helped me for six months, showed up everything that was, um, there's no way I would have been able to do manage it by myself. So um, I was approved. I got through to um, approved my Jewish heritage to the Jewish agency and all the way through. I just couldn't believe it. And I, I got the call and they said, you're approved. You're going to go in for your interview. You're going to get your, you know, your Israeli ID the next day. And I just couldn't believe it because it was mm-hmm. so full circle for me thinking oh, all of these things, yes. God has used them to this point to bring me here. So now that I'm going to become, a, you know, Israeli and I'm, it was just, I was so joyful um, but, but yes, <laughs> I remember so this part because we've been praying a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they, so the interview, basically I went in for the interview and she said, you know, what's your religion? And, you know, or are you religious? And even though I knew that I qualified, you know, it was still very difficult facing, facing all of that. And, you know, you think of like Chuck Smith mm-hmm. saying, you know, it's not a, re- it's not a religion, it's a, it's relationship. a relationship, right? So I go, I'm not religious. And um, thinking that like, you know, I was already through the end of it. And, and, I, and I, I believe I'm not religious. I, I didn't think that that was, you know, something no. wrong to say. Right. Um, so... She, after the interview, she goes, this is going back to Jerusalem for review. And I was supposed to get my ID right after that. And I go, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? You know, and mm-hmm. why? And so um, it went 
back to review in Jerusalem and they ignored me for three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three years. Three and those three were years. three difficult years. Exceedingly difficult. Horrid. Now, did you stay in Ukraine difficult. or did you come back? No, we were in Israel. We Israel. Were in oh, you were able to stay They weren't allowed not. to leave Israel. Right. Yeah. And they didn't have any medical insurance. Ah. Yeah. Which is, um, I mean, a whole other story. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, really quickly, um, one of their sons has asthma mm-hmm. and the condition got so terrible. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Because even God worked in this. Yeah. So um, we, we we weren't allowed. We, we were basically put in a position where we were. I qualified, but they weren't going to give me an answer. They mm-hmm. were just going to leave me on. You know, they were going to go. Not allowed me. to work. Not allowed to work, not allowed to leave the country, couldn't get a bank account, couldn't, you know, sign, didn't, had no ID and no way to like build a life. So how do you, how do you get through that? And um, Mm. one of the things that I wanted um, to mention too, was just while we were going through that, Brian would always, you know, take these trips to Israel. My husband. Yes. (laughs) Cheryl's husband. And um he, when he would visit us, he would always, we would be like so weary and thinking, okay, mm-hmm. even with all of these things, obviously we felt God wanted us to be there. We should probably give up, you know, like this is just taking too long. And he would always say, no, God's doing something. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. And other people would say, you know, you should give up. I'm home. Yeah. I'm home. Yeah. Cause three mm-hmm. years is a long time yeah. to be waiting and to be ghosted by the government. And, um, and so Brian always encouraged us because I think, he always saw the faith mm-hmm. and that that just really. Plus at this time, during this time too, we didn't have a director for the Bible college there. Yeah. And we got desperate for a Bible uh, college director, which meant we could pay them from the United States mm-hmm. instead of them getting a salary from Israel. So God did open that door and it was a match made in heaven. It I mean, seriously. The joy of our heart. Oh. Mm. Because then once my husband started directing the Bible college in Jerusalem, it was like, it was just such a like, joy. This is why the enemy is resisting yeah. us because we're meant to yes. be here and to yeah. do this. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it, it's it, it just the relationships that you've made too. And some of those had to be forged through your difficulty. Yeah. They wouldn't have happened if the door had been swung open from the very beginning. You, yeah. It's one of those things you look back and go, okay, so all of this was purposeful, you yes. know? It, and I kind of always would think back like to that interview and think, what did I, did I do something yeah. wrong? You know, like, yeah. and it kind of like troubled me. So at um, three years had passed and my, my son had gotten really sick with asthma and there was all kinds of uh, difficulties that we were going through. We were living oh, wait, we basically had lived in these inns and the, one of the inns that we lived in was um, like had a scorpion in, in infestation. It was just <laughs> horrific. Hey, I hate scorpions. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> like snakes. And, um, we had gotten a letter of deportation saying that basically we hadn't done enough and they were going to deport us. And so I was like, thank goodness, you know, I'm done here. You know, this is, this is too hard. And the scorpions were just too much for me. Oh yeah. And um so I called back the same the same man before and I said, We're done. Thank you. We got this deportation. And he said, No, Elizabeth, have you asked God? Because mm. the just they enter the promises of God through faith. Mm. So you have to ask him before you wow. leave. Wow. 
Wow. And I was like, clearly we're done here. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we're, we're being ignored. We have this deportation. Yeah. We're, we're I suffering. mean, scorpions. Come scorpions. on, yeah. scorpions. <laughs> too much for me. And I was relieved oh. thinking that, it, you know, like it was a great time. Yeah. We're done here. Yep. And so I went and I asked God and he said, I am going to make a way to keep going. And we ended up making past all of that. And um, multiple times we thought of giving up. And then God just basically kept telling us to, to keep going. And um, so three after three years, I got a phone call and they told me that I was coming into Jerusalem to be interviewed. And I knew what that meant. And um, I, I asked the Lord what he wanted me to do. And he's, I said, they're going to, they're going to confront me about being a Christian. And, mm. and um, he said, let them, let, let this happen. Allow mm. it because it's for eternity. Mm. And that thought of having doing something that was so much bigger than my, mm-hmm. myself and mm-hmm. my feelings and mm-hmm. my, you know, all that I was thinking about giving, doing something for eternity. So he said, just let it happen. So I went into the office and told them everything like, you know, I, I'm a Christian and this is what I believe. And, you know, and they interrogated me for a long time. And, and I say it lightly now, but I was, it was a pretty difficult thing to go through because I thought I was going to lose everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in the end, about six months later, after having um, told them that I was a Christian, thinking that it was all over, my house started to blossom. Our friendships developed. We ended up really just being blessed. And I think that the Lord was waiting for me to get to the point where I was willing to surrender and tell mm-hmm. the truth and be completely mm-hmm. honest. Because today, now that we have gone through that, we are allowed to be Christians in Israel we're allowed to, you know, and that's why Amazing. I can say, yes, you know, wow. without fear that um, I, I, I told the truth mm-hmm. and I am in Israel without, um, you know, we're, we're allowed to do the Bible call. Like all of those things that I would have kind of had to feel. Yeah, hiding. Sort of like right. I was hiding. Right. But now I have nothing to be ashamed of because I told the truth. Mm-hmm. And you know what I love about the full circle of it? We were just thinking of those full circles and that— how it's that your identity is established in Christ and you just spoke that identity. This is who I am in Christ. And, wow. and the, the yeah. foundation was laid. Yes. Yep. So there's no hesitation from your childhood of why won't they let me know who I am or what I'm, but it's, 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 it's established. Full circle because now I, I, I'm in Israel and I, I really, Feel that I belong there. It's oh, she does. Place of belonging. I've been with their me. shopping. Yes, she <laughs> belongs in yes. Israel. And just the way you can lead me through all those streets in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and you know, there's some very intimidating places in Jerusalem, and kind of scary, dark places. Elizabeth just like, come with me. Oh, I yeah. just we I walk, we walk home. through them. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm gonna get yeah. that chariot of fire and soar over Jerusalem one <laughs> yes, day. You it's are. Be amazing. Well, so yeah. my question for you is, where's your favorite hideaway haven? special place yeah. in Israel since there's so many people listening who Israel is a very special place to them and they have their own heart connection but yeah. I would love to hear from someone who lives there so my favorite place is actually where I live it's um, oh, called Yarishona mm-hmm. and it's right in the biblical place of where the Ark of the Covenant rested and the, it is there is a peace it's in the forest of Jerusalem there is a peace that I cannot explain I I feel like I am just in the presence of the Lord 
and we go out for walks. And, and Cheryl, you've seen it. How beautiful I love it. it is. It's, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And uh, there's there's some other Messianic Christians in the neighborhood. So you've got fellowship with yes, that. It's and a Messianic then, village that we, we live in. And and um, so why why am I there? I ask the Lord, why, why am I here? Why did you want me here? I think he just wants me to be there and love him mm-hmm. and tell of his faithfulness. And so that's the joy of my heart. And... Yeah. Now your your children are growing up too. I just want to go real. We've got like three minutes left, yeah. but I wanted to talk about when your son was at his worst place, and we were all praying because you know mm-hmm. we take those prayer requests, and we were all praying. And Brian was greeting people after uh, church, and he happened to meet this doctor who specialized yeah. in asthma. And wow. Brian said, "Is there any way you can get in touch with?" this couple and this is what's going on and he was able to get in touch with you he he i wouldn't be in israel without him and without that doctor because he basically gave me care from abroad for six months because my son was addicted to the steroid that they had put him on and he had to get weaned from it and i could not have done that without Uh. his help and that doctor every day it's like he taught me to be his nurse yeah i gave him the the information and then he told me what to do and he just walked me through it every day and so there are people who i just want to say thank you to who to um to that doctor who helped wouldn't be there without him and then also um, He's a man worth knowing. <laughs> yeah, there's a just really quickly. There, are other people always ask me like, what you know, who in Israel is a ministry worth, um, you know, supporting, and who who's really doing something good. And so I just want to say there are two ministries. If you want to ever look into, um, you know, partnering, one is called Global Aliyah, and they're really fulfilling bringing back all the Jews into Israel. And I wouldn't be there mm-hmm. without their help and support. And the last one is Netiva, and they really help the the youth in Israel. Oh yeah, Netiva. And I just yeah. so I just want to say thank you to Those are excellent. Well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because there are a lot of organizations that are there but they're not as productive and yeah. yet for you to have that contact and know who is yeah. doing From the an good eyewitness work. account. Those are yes. two that I'm just I'm so grateful for. So, if you go to Israel and you go to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. you'll have to visit um the Calvary Chapel Bible College in Jerusalem, and there you will meet Elizabeth yourself. And I think you'll be surprised that you might just have listeners that show up and like, are you Elizabeth? (laughs) Is this Matt? And you know what we didn't realize before they left is that Matt is a worship leader, and he's a good worship leader. We didn't even know he was at Calvary that he could sing so well. And all these leadership skills. Uh, Matt was also in like the management business with hotels. So everything that they've done, I mean, you just see that this is like the perfect fit uh, for them in in teaching and living by faith and um, infusing their lives into the students' lives too. And you had mentioned to me before also that the students that are there, how it just has been so beautiful for you to see how their passion is growing for the Lord yeah. and like this next generation rising up and it's you get to be right there. experience yeah. for them to come and, and just to, you know, be with us. And we, our whole thing is to teach them to live by faith mm-hmm. and to see, to see these things with their eyes and to leave change and to be honest and process and all of those things that yeah. we get to talk about. With And if you hadn't been through the life that you've lived, mm-hmm. you couldn't have any authority to teach so any thankful. of those things. So, so I'm thankful, Lord to all the many things that I've cried and said was unfair that you've done because you use them all for good. That's such a great way to end this. And I pray that that will be um, the conclusion of many of the listeners, that they will realize that Romans 8.28 Mm -hmm. is not just a a sweet little saying, but it's so absolutely true that Mm -hmm. all things 
work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. This is Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn in studio with Elizabeth Finch saying thank you so much for joining us because we wanted you to know this woman of faith, this woman worth knowing. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Robin on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at WWK at CCCM.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn.